Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. Good morning, everyone, or afternoon, depending on what time you're listening to the Pastor's Porch. I want to welcome you back. Today, we are going to talk about impactful seasons of our lives. Um, Pastor Zach and I have kind of just been sitting here laughing at each other, talking back and forth, um, but we want to we want to discuss um, some things in our life and some seasons of our life um, that have impacted us uh, for the better and, and kind of changed the the trajectory um, or the course of our life. And so we're just going to kind of sit back and relax more today and just talk about our lives and talk about things that have been beneficial to us and hopefully we'll give you a chance and an opportunity to to reflect on your own life um, and reflect on some of the things God has brought you through, um, God has changed in your life and all of those things. Yeah, and if, if I've learned anything in the last 10 minutes, it's that, thank God, we are in charge of this podcast because uh, <laughs> there are to be folks beating down the door to listen to it. So, um, you know, we were, as I was thinking, as I was thinking about today, it just, I guess for me, it's, it's easy to look at um, Saul's conversion, you know. Uh, this Damascus Road moment. You, know, you talk about impactful moments in your life. I think the first impactful moments I would think of would be um, experiencing God. You know, I was raised in what would be considered a typical American home. There wasn't a um, emphasis on God in the home that I remember, but there was an emphasis on church. Um, you know, whatever that means. I mean, that's another conversation for another day, but I wasn't necessarily raised where we didn't, we didn't sit around and read the Bible. I, it wasn't a foreign thing to me, but going to church, Sunday school, these kinds of things I was, I was familiar with, but man, I can remember the first moments where God began to peel back the layers of my heart and speak to me. Um, probably, you know, 13, 14 years old. And I, I just, those moments were probably more vital to me than I realized, even though it would be, you know, till I was 21, 22 years old until I really began to follow Jesus. And maybe even 23, 24 before that really, you know, sank in. But those things that happened when I was 13, 14 years old, whether it was church camp, youth group, sitting in the sanctuary, listening to the preacher. Um, those moments is when God began to impact me. You know, I, I could go back to church camp. Um, there was a band called Audio Adrenaline, and they were playing this song. You know, I think it was called a Big House or something. You know, you've heard it. You know, it's a big, big house with lots of lots. Well, okay, so everybody in, I felt like I was probably the only one in that place at that time, and there's probably hundreds of kids in this room that I was in at this church camp, and all I knew, all I knew was, and this is going to sound maybe silly, all I knew is the man was singing, said there's a big yard to play football in heaven. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, wait a second. I was like, wait a second, man. <laughs> if we get to go to heaven, 
and this Jesus has afforded us this opportunity, but it was the first time heaven ever sounded fun. And I know, I know that's like silly and maybe that's just how God used that song to reach me. Sure. But I remember thinking also on a serious level, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be there. I hadn't accepted Christ. So I literally turned and found the closest adult. It was not my youth pastor. God love him. Don't know where he was. He was there. You know, there was a bunch of kids. He was probably with some other kids, but I just literally turned and found the closest adult. I can take you back to the day. It would have been July of 99. I would have been 14 years old and I would have been, I would have been, um, wearing, I can remember sitting under that tree wearing these Adidas windsuit pants that were all the rage back then. And it was like 115 degrees. And I was wearing those these pants. And I was wearing an Atlanta Brave shirt. I can remember this. And I remember just this guy. I was like, hey, you need to tell me about Jesus. And I remember that man took me outside and we sat underneath this tree down in the dirt. And that man shared the gospel with me. And I just remember from that moment forward, I, I would love to tell you that like in that moment, I gave my heart to Christ and everything was better. And I, and I think I think I probably did give my heart to Christ in that moment, but I had no idea what that even meant. I had I had no clue what it meant to give your heart to Jesus. Sure. But that was the first time I remember feeling the love of Christ. And so the next, you know, seven, eight, nine years of my life were chaos. Um, but I've never forgotten that moment. That was kind of the first real moment where I can say, man, Jesus, just that knowledge that came into my heart I can remember sitting on my bed at 15, 16 years old, opening my Bible, and I didn't know where to read. I didn't know what part I was supposed to read. I didn't know if I was supposed to read 20 verses, a whole chapter, uh, one verse. And so I would just read it, but none of it made sense to me. And I can remember I tried that throughout my childhood, but there was no discipleship. You know, there was no, <clears throat> there was no, there was nobody in my life saying, Zach, this is how you read God's word, mm -hmm. you know? And so those moments were all impactful and ultimately, you know, years later led to me beginning to follow Jesus when I was 23, 24 years old. But the first, if you were talking about impactful moments, that's the first one that pops in my mind. So that kind of began my relationship with Christ, yeah. if, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome. And I just, as I sit and listen to that, it's crazy how... Uh, you and I are both in similar positions now, but how the start was completely different. Right. Because on, on the flip side, I mean, I was four years old in the back of my mom's minivan yeah. giving my heart to Christ <laughs> on my way to preschool. Yeah. And it's yeah. like I, I grew up in in a home um, that taught me who Jesus was and loved me and taught mm -hmm. me that Jesus loved me and how to love Jesus and how to live a right life from the very beginning. And mm -hmm. so it's 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 kind of it's cool to me. Yeah. I don't know if cool is the right term to use, but it's totally it is. Cool. It's it's yeah. cool to me to hear those stories and and just uh all testimonies and mm -hmm. all people from all walks of life and just how Jesus reaches them in their in some of the most vulnerable moments of their life that they needed something mm -hmm. and it just it's it's just fascinating to me because it shows the intentionality of God. Oh, 100%. and that's a whole another conversation for yeah. a whole another day. Uh, but it's just cool. I, I it's just fascinating to me because I was just thinking of you know my life around those 
around mm. those ages that you were talking about and totally different, but yet I still had impactful moments. Mm-hmm. Just different, it's just different, different types, different yeah. scenarios, different yeah. situations. Um, you know, I can start from, you know, very young of, like I just said, of being saved at a young and early age and mm-hmm. having the call um, to preach on my life at eight years old mm-hmm. in this very church that now I'm in, the associate pastor and youth pastor of. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was actually cool. Um, I hadn't actually really stopped to think about it, but uh, we had a guest speaker um, at our uh, youth a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and mm-hmm. we he and I were just kind of talking afterwards and just talking about how how we got to the places we were. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, is um, is what the conversation was. And as I was standing there talking about it, I was like, you know, it's kind of crazy that we're sitting here in the youth room talking about it because this used to be the main church. Right. Yeah. And I and I just looked on that stage and just this this overwhelming awe came over me, and I was yeah. like, this stage was the stage where I. Like this place was the place where I was called to preach, and that's something. And here I am, golly, uh, seventeen years later, yeah, ministering to the youth in the very same room that I got the call of ministry and on my something. life. That's and it was just, it, oh man, it was a, it was an absolutely fulfilling moment, and it just, it's, it, it's easy to overlook, right? And I think that's one of the reasons we're having this conversation today is. Um, until I had that conversation in there and actually slowed down yeah. to think of how impactful that really mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. in my life um, and just the full circleness of it, right? It, it's really easy to overlook. And um, man, there's there's so many different impactful moments um, in my life. One of the ones that just stands out to me the most, um, obviously. I followed Jesus from a young age, mm-hmm. um, and I I am I am blessed that I didn't walk down the path of drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. um, or any of that. I, I'm thankful for that, honestly. Um, but just because I was raised in a godly home didn't mean I followed after God with my sure. own intentions sure. every single day of my life. Yeah. Uh, when I was a junior in high school, um, I was really focused on wanting to be the best athlete mm-hmm. and really focused on... I uh, wanted to do things my way, mm-hmm. and um, many have heard this story and this testimony, um, but I, I'll never forget um, playing baseball. I tore the three tendons that hold your hamstring on your pelvic bone. I tore all three of them off my leg. Mm-hmm. Painful, not fun, um, and I can remember um, getting that news, and as soon as I crashed into the house and set my, I say set my recliner, I kind of plopped down. I'll never forget this moment because I literally threw my crutches across the living room. Mm-hmm. I was mad. Mm-hmm. You know, I was mad at God. I was like, you know, why did you take this away from me? Why am mm-hmm. I going through this? Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget that that moment because in that moment, um, it was just this tender, soft voice of um, just talking to me of realizing that I had placed an idol before God. Mm. And... That moment, those those next several weeks of going through surgery and literally forcing to be down mm-hmm. was some of the best moments of my life and some of the most intimate times that I had with God. Wow. Is because he forced me to slow down. He forced me to be still. Mm-hmm. He forced me to to realize that my relationship with him should take priority over everything else. Mm-hmm. And to some people listening to this, you may think like, well, God's not forceful. Well, maybe not for you, but he was for me in that yeah. situation. Yeah. 
because he knew I wouldn't slow down on my own. And I, I'm thankful for it. Like, look, sure. obviously being past it and looking back and uh, there's all, you know, the whole back end of the whole healing process of mm-hmm. God literally healing me, mm-hmm. something that was supposed to take years to heal. And I was back on a football field in six months. Mm-hmm. And so just that whole process. But that's one thing that just comes to uh, when I think of an impactful season. That's one of the first one that comes to my mind is because. You know, it's easy for those who are raised in church to get calloused by it. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of was. And I wasn't seeking Jesus on my own. Mm -hmm. I still had a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I was still professed him. I still, but I was just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And it was was in that moment of my life um, that I ultimately chose for him to be Lord of my life. Of course, I knew it. Right. I knew the scriptures. Right. I knew what I knew what it was like. I knew, I knew how to play the game. Let's put it that way, because I had been a part of it for so long. Mm-hmm. Is it was easy for me to just play it and act like everything was going Go good. Going through the motions. Going through the motions, yeah. and in that moment, um, man, it was just it was so humbling for me. Yeah. Um, because going back to what we talked, kind of what I said earlier, the intentionality of God is is that he cared so much about me and wanted a relationship with me and wanted me to have a relationship with him that he took some of the things that I cared about most away from me. Well, think about like think about just the the reality of a 16, 17-year-old boy. You know, I remember when that happened to you. I mean, like look, there's there's ways God speaks to men. There's ways God speaks to children. There's ways God speaks to women. There's ways God speaks to uh, grandparents and, and, and aunts, uncle, different parts of our life. But think about being a, you know, typical 16, 17-year-old American boy. You know, I think of my boys when you tell that story. Uh, it gets your attention. Yeah. You, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. and the trial that was, the, the, Absolutely. the, the hardship um, of that moment, um, I can only... Imagine the conversations you and the Lord had oh, yeah. over those weeks, months. It's probably some conversations with your parents. Yeah, I think I even remember coming and seeing you at your house one time when that happened. But um, even conversations with your pastors and different things like that. But you know, when I think of that, I, the first thing I heard you say was interesting um, because this this we may turn and go another way, but let's just have the conversation. Um, I've had people say to me. I wish I had your testimony. No, you don't. No, you don't. And I, and, and they mean it in a good way, right? Sure. Like they mean it. Sure. They mean it in a way of that. Well, I've been in church my whole life, and I've never, you know, I've never been on drugs, or I've never been in this, you know, sexual behavior. I've never been in this cheating. I've never been in this adulterous. I've never been in this alcohol. I've never been in this stealing. I never. Okay. Um, and they almost feel like they're less. Okay. That's a lie from the devil because man, like, like I think about like you getting saved at four, all four of my children, all four of them, Hunter, Jackson, Natalie, and Jordan, all four of them, when they were five years old, professed Christ, water baptized, filled with the spirit, all four of them. And I've had critics come say, well, your kid can't accept Christ at, at five or four or six. And uh, this has always been what I've told them. 
my kids have heard the gospel more in their life than even the average person does in 20 years. They've never not heard Jesus. From the time they were in their mother's womb to Hunter, Hunter, when I when I truly surrendered and began to follow Christ, Hunter was about six months old. So from that point on, which was thirteen years ago, um, every day, I came to this yeah. church. I came to this church thirteen years ago, I guess, or twelve and a half years ago, when when Hunter was six, seven months old, maybe maybe closer to eight months old. My kids have never not heard the gospel. And it doesn't make them better than anybody else. It doesn't make them it, it just the life that they live now. So for you to sit in the back of your mom's van and give your heart to Jesus on the way to preschool, that doesn't shock me at all, knowing your parents. Sure. Knowing what was sown into you, knowing what I've seen in my own kids, knowing how deep of a young man you were, or I think about your little brother or your little sister, you know, the relationships I've had with them, or even your older sister, you know, the relationship I've had with her over the years. None of that shocks me, man. And And it's not a... Um, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Like, I just feel like somebody needs to know that. Like, it's not Correct. a bad thing Absolutely. to like not live out the hellish lifestyle I lived. Right. Yeah. My lifestyle was a product of sin. Even after I'd heard the gospel, there was sin that kept me at a distance from God. And, and like you said, the intentionality and the pursuit and he never gave up on me. I mean, he was pursuing me and hardships he pursued me through my own sin my own choices getting colleen pregnant before we were married knowing i went to the most godly person i knew um and i said hey i just want you to know i have my uh this lady colleen my beautiful wife i'm gonna marry this woman but man i got her pregnant and i had all this like turmoil in my mind that he was fixing to stone me. I kind of felt like a woman in John 8, right? I feel like I was fixing to get killed. And, uh, man, he just turned and he said, listen, I just want you to know Jesus has a plan for you. Mm. And that broke me. I wanted him to stone me, just to be honest. Yeah. Because I knew I had been living in sin. Sure. I knew enough of God to know. What that, you were doing was wrong. Right, yeah. right. I, I didn't, and to be honest, it wasn't like I sit around and thought about it every day, but I knew enough in my internal man, my inner man, that man, I was living. I was living with my wife, my 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 girlfriend, fiance at the time. But I I knew we were engaged in whether it was our drunkenness, whether it was our sin. I knew we were engaged in things God didn't want us to be. But again, man, there's no discipleship. There's just, just these these cops that would come into my life when I was at the police station, and they would tell me about Jesus, right? And then they just disappear for a while, and man, it'd be like another three or four days, and here come another one talking about Jesus, right? And so God had put these godly men around me, but I, but I only had one person I really had that real relationship with. And, and I, when I went to him and I said that, and he could have said anything, could have said anything, but he didn't. He said, Jesus has a plan for your life. To be honest, at the time I was so in my flesh, I, I could have just continued living how I was. I had already bought Colleen a ring and we were, I was going to marry her. And I mean, all these things, but I just, I could have continued in that life. But that moment and ultimately that man, my grandfather's, my grandfather's death, literally a month, almost to the day before my son was born, all of those impactful moments, I laid on the ground and cried in the hospital. And I was like, Hey, God, I feel like such a loser because that's the only godly person I know. 
laying in there dying. And this is what I know. One day I'm going to lay on that bed. And I don't want to have lived the life I'm living right now. Yeah. And that was, uh, that would have been June of 2010. And man, from that moment, it was a couple rocky years, you know, it was, it was the next 15 months was God stripping things away from my life. Yet filling me with his spirit. Yeah. And you talk about impactful moments. That was, that was when I first told the Lord, I remember laying on that floor in that waiting room and I was looking at Colleen. She was laying there eight months pregnant with my first son and her pregnant stomach. I was just staring at knowing the stomach. dad and knowing I sucked as a person. I mean, just to be clear, I was a horrible person and knowing that I'm going to stand in front of a holy God one day, you know, you talk about your hamstring moment, kind of, kind of that was a moment that Absolutely. you had an awakening. Well, this moment would have been similar to that for me. It would have been, you think you got all this right, but have you examined your life, you know? And, uh, oh man, oh man, you know, you, you quit some of the things I quit cold turkey, whether it was the drink, whether it was the porn, whether it was the chew, whether it was all these things, man, my body hurt for the next year and a half. I went through things. You can ask Colleen. I went through probably 15, 16 months of, um, and I wouldn't use the term lightly in terms of a rehab situation, but a, a detoxification of flesh. Sure. You know, it, it wasn't as you see on these TV shows where it was like, you know, but I had physical pain every day. Well, man, you, you know, alcohol has yeast in it. I was putting so much beer in me that when I stopped, it, it caused me physical pain to stop drinking. You know, I wasn't drinking 50 beers a day, but I was drinking enough that my body had a chemical reaction inside of it because it stopped getting that that yeast and those chemicals and the different things that was happening in my stomach. I had to get on these these acid stomach gas type situation pills for two years. They had to do all these kind of ultrasounds on my stomach because they thought I had caused these ruptures and stuff all from stopping drinking a bottle. Like nobody talks about this. They all talk about let's go out and get drunk. Nobody talks about I was 20 uh, 24, 25 years old dealing with these issues. And, uh, so all those moments would be huge, impactful moments. Those moments, they change the trajectory of not only my life, but hunters. I mean, I look at my, I look at my 13 year old son. who's like the most amazing 13 year old I know to me. And I, I mean, I know there's lots of great 13 year olds, but to me, I look at his life. God was pursuing him as I'm laying on this hospital floor, right? Yeah. God was pursuing Jackson and Natalie and Jordan. And, and so all of it has to do with this. You said it earlier. God's pursuing every day, every, every direction. Day. It's, it's, it's nonstop. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at the pursuit of God. It's the most beautiful thing. We've I mean, done. yeah, it's very beautiful. And, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, like, I enjoy hearing other people's testimonies to see the difference, the different ways right. God pursues them. Mm-hmm. You know, because we can, we can read the scripture from front to back and we see, we see the pursuit of God in, in all of his people, right? Yeah. In, in all of the stories that we read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's beautiful. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with it. But when you're able to hear a story firsthand from somebody you know of the pursuit right. um, and their impactful seasons... Man, it's just a beautiful testimony of 
of the sovereignty and the relationship that God wants with each and every one of us. And man, as I as I grew grew older and as I matured in my own faith and um, when I got you know when I went off to college and got away and just all of those things and all those stories and everything that I had learned and when I started figuring it out on my own, and just seeking out Christ for myself, I mean, he began to show me all these things and to hear all these things from other people. It just was, it's beautiful. And um, that's just, I mean, I could talk for days and hours of, of the impactful seasons um, of my life and uh, what, what for me is probably something simple for somebody else. It means, you know, so much. Um, you know, and I, I take that, that the hamstring and the athletic side of things. And I say that because, you know, I was told by doctors I wasn't going to be able to hardly walk it for my, the rest of my life again, let alone play another athletic sport. And I got mm. to play a college sport for two years. This is like, to some, that's silliness, but to me, like, not only did it change. A lot of things in the moment when I was down and at home, but it afforded me a place of an education right. that yeah. impacted me tremendously, that I learned and grew so much in my relationship with Jesus, mm. and it helped me understand so many things about my own personal life, and so you just, you know, you, you take it back and you talk about these things, and and it's just, it's so impactful because, just to be honest, I had already had my full class schedule through yeah. everything at a different university, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at another university. Mm-hmm. And honestly, none of us had peace. I didn't have peace with it. My parents didn't have peace with it. But we just felt like that was the only thing that we were to do at the mm-hmm. time because nothing else made sense. Right. And then the you know, a door opened up and all of a sudden it's like it's just the steps that were ordered mm-hmm. all from mm-hmm. years and years ago and just how it impacted mm-hmm. you know, a trage- trajectory. And it, man, it's just, it's so, it's so neat to just sit and it's humbling, honestly, is what it is. It just is. sit and think about these moments um, and what may be little to everybody else of how big they are for your life. Well, <clears throat> exactly, man. I'm just thinking about, I was sitting here reflecting <laughs> while we've been talking through this, and I'm thinking we've used this word, the intentionality, the pursuit, and I'm just reminded of this sweet little verse over in Romans that says it's you know the goodness or the kindness of God that draws men unto repentance. Yeah. You know? And, and... And then I'm thinking about like your situation, and I remember that. I remember your I remember your dad calling me and saying, "Hey, this opportunity's come up for tea at this baseball um, school for a Christian school over here in Oklahoma, and he's got to go to this tryout, and he's got to go to this, and he's got." And I remember actually, I don't know if he was driving you there or coming to watch you there. I, I don't remember, but I do remember praying that God's will would be done. You know, I can remember your dad calling me when the a uh, hamstring thing happened and I can remember praying that God would use that and you know and so now like yeah. 
even this is how like impactful seasons work out. Like you standing in that youth sanctuary the other day and God reminding you, Hey, I called you here almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Was probably, and I, I don't have evidence of this in my hands, but there was probably people praying in that room 17, 18 years ago for that very thing to come to pass. Absolutely. Now, I know that, you know, years later, I uh, I got a phone call from my dad. This has probably been 15, uh, 2015, 2016, somewhere in there, right when I was going into full-time ministry. Um, and he said, hey, I got these Bibles. Uh, that was his dad's, my grandpa was talking about. Uh, he said, I don't, you know, why don't you come get them? Whatever. So I took these three or four Bibles, and I didn't, I didn't think nothing much of it other than what a blessing to have, you know, my grandfather's Bibles. And uh, sometime during uh, the transition season when I was becoming the senior pastor here, I opened one of those Bibles up, and I was just reading, just reading in it. And I don't even remember where I was reading, to be honest. But I found this note card. You know, you talk about prayers. I found this note card. It's still sitting at my desk. And let's just say, because I'm going to get it wrong, uh, the note card was from July of 09, July of 08, somewhere somewhere around that time period, okay? I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say. This note card was from my grandfather's Bible that he used. You know, we, got, we all got several Bibles, but we have sure. one that we use, then we may have other ones. And so in that, was a note card, a prayer card from his men's group. And it was either July of 08 or July of 09. It was either one year or two years before his death. And he was praying for Jesus to move in my life. Mm. My name, I mean, think about this. My name was written down in his Bible as a bookmarker. Praying for not, not just my salvation, but praying for God to use me. Yeah. I probably didn't find that card for 10 years after it was written. Eight, seven or eight years after I came to Christ and was following him. And I've never forgotten that the place I stand now is a product of people's faithful prayers. Absolutely. I've never forgotten that even folks I didn't know or folks I've forgotten, whether they come through this church or different church, whether they was preachers, whether they was prophets, evangelists, all these folks, these prayers had been stored up, you know? And uh, the reality is sitting in that, knowing that, you talk about impactful. It's overwhelming. It's it's It's, it's uh, encouraging, you know? And in Revelation, when it talks about them vials of the prayer, you know, when it talks about being poured out, and I just wondered how long had my grandpa been praying for me? Yeah. He didn't live here. He probably knew I was living like hell, but he didn't know it face to face. You know what I mean? And man, just, it's amazing to think about. Yeah. I mean, you just saying that just reminds me of an 11th hour song okay. that is, um, talks about this kind of specifically and they use um they use a preacher in in their lyric but just talks about um just the ordering of the steps and 
the line says, I'd like to meet the preacher who prayed for the preacher who prayed with me down on my knees. I'd like to shake the hand that reached out a hand to the hand that reached out to me. And it just, oh man, it just, it just when you were talking about that, it just reminded me of just the the praying and the impacting, you know, we're talking about impactful seasons yes. of generation to generation to generation mm. through Christ. Mm. It's, it's super humbling, especially the seats that we sit in. Sure. Absolutely. If, if, if you realize how God has, uh, whether you talk about our lives, whether you talk about the church or whether you talk about, the combination of the two, or whether you talk about pastoral helmsmanship, or whether you talk, whatever word you want to use, it's super humbling to sit in the seats that we sit. Absolutely. Because people that went before us, Mm -hmm. if they did nothing else, they prayed for us and prepared the way for us. Yeah. Those are two great things. We know they did more than that, but but at the at the, at the bare yeah. at the bare minimum, there were praying people before us. Whether it was our families, whether it was the former pastors, whether it was the former leadership, whether it was the the, the man who built this building, right? Whoever it was, right? Like there were people before us, you know, who were seeking God. Yeah, that to me is is so humbling i hope one day there's someone if the lord tarries sitting in this seat sitting in your seat who says those guys before me those men and women before us were seeking god absolutely and praying and praying for us and praying for the future and preparing for the future and and you know, if the Lord uh, calls us, I'm good. I'm ready to go too. But if not, would we not want our faith yes. to be established here, whether in our families, in the church, in the community, you know, wherever God has us for generations to come? Absolutely. You know, it's just we're talking about impactful seasons of our life, but if you really think about it. A lot of the reason our lives were impacted was because of someone before us. 100%. And the only reason, maybe not the only, but one of the main reasons that somebody, our kids, people in the church, are going to have impactful seasons is because of what we do to prepare for that. Preach it. And so, you know, we talk all the time um, within our church, and if you're not from our church and listening, you know, we talk all the time as pastors of the importance of having somebody above you yeah. on the same level with you mm-hmm. and below you is because we need wisdom and prayer from somebody above us. Yeah. We need to be able to commune and fellowship with people in the same walks of life as us. Yeah. And then we need to be able to pour into and impact people below us. 100%. And it's... It's, it's so important, and honestly, if you think about it, um, in a way, that's exactly what the Trinity is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and think about this, you know, what you just said, think about what you just said, um, 
in the context with the testimony I shared earlier. Yeah. I don't fault the church that I was around. I, I only showed up every once in a while. You know, one of the days of sure. phones and Facebook where where the youth pastor could get me there every day or, get, or, or at least reach out to me. It was a different time. But I, I'm not mad, and, and I don't mean this in a disgruntled way at all, but how different could my life have been had... I mean, the reality is, had certain people made choices that wanted to impact me. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's why some people would just hear us, all, all they're going to hear in this is, Pastor said, go to church. You know, <laughs> Pastor said, go to church. If you only open your Bible when you're in here with us, like, if you only have spiritual moments when you're with us, how many hours are in the week? Like 160, 170? Something like that? I don't mm-hmm. know. A um, lot. I know that I know that there's a tremendous amount of time, but we are, you know, 170 hours in a week. Less than three hours a week is our campus even open, open yep. for church service. You know, roughly hour and a half on Sunday and roughly hour to an hour and a half on on Wednesdays. You know, you take away, and of course we have small groups in Bible study, but you know, main services three hours. Yeah. That's 165 hours, mom and dad, that the choices you make, Mm. they'll impact your kids way further than you know. Maybe we'll pick that up next time. I want to talk about that a little bit more. But yes, uh, that, that whole thing about someone above us, right? Helping us. Someone walking with us, experiencing with us, and us pulling someone alongside of us. Discipleship. Uh, it's got to be lived out. It can never be lived out three hours a week. No, we wouldn't make it. No, nope. you know. So maybe next week we'll 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 talk about impact a little bit deeper. I really enjoyed that conversation. I don't want to say we will talk about it because we might change it. But <laughs> in my head right now, we might talk about it. So, uh, thank you guys for joining us. As always, we have a great time, and uh, God bless you. Pray that you're reminded today of impactful moments in your life, and uh, maybe today's an impactful moment if you haven't had one yet. Uh, maybe if you've never came to Christ, today's the day. And so I encourage you, uh, you want to know more about Jesus, reach out to us through the avenues that we have set. We would love to hear from you, love to hear feedback from you. And uh, God bless you and pray he encourages you today. Thanks for listening to the Pastor's Porch. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.